Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. Signs. Signs are an an important way to communicate information. Here's the key. Figuring out, well, what does that sign mean? Let's take a few examples. Here's one. What is that? It's no U-turn, right? So what does that mean? That means if you are driving in the wrong direction, you're going to have to keep driving in the wrong direction. That's what that sign means. So how about this one? Let's look at another one. What is that? It's merge. Yeah, merge. Two, Two lanes are merging into one. So what does that mean? That means if there's a slow car in front of you, you better kick it in. That's what, what it means. How about this one? What is this? Right? Speed limit, 35 miles per hour. What does that mean? I would say not much as a general rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about this? One more. What's this one mean? What this is, you are looking at an image that is a vision that was given to a man by the name of Zechariah in the Old Testament. And here's what we're going to do. This is going to be our challenge today, to figure out what does this mean. And my hope is that by the time that we're through, you will understand what this vision given to Zechariah directly from God, that you're going to know what it means and how it connects to your life. Pray with me. Well, God, that's our desire. You gave this really clear vision to Zechariah a couple thousand years ago. And it's confusing. It's hard for us to understand, but we believe that there's truth and that you're revealing something in it. So help us, God, to be able to peel back layers of history and layers of culture to understand what you're saying and how it applies to our life. We ask, Holy Spirit, for you to open our eyes to this. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, we're teaching through the Minor Prophets. That's the last 12 books that you'll find in the Old Testament. Today, we're going to teach through the book of Zechariah. begins with this, chapter 1, verse 1. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. Now I know that's kind of a boring verse. It is, but it's loaded. Okay, a couple things we need to know contextually, and it come from this verse. Year 587 BC, the city of Jerusalem, it was conquered. The nation of Israel ceased to exist. Thousands of Israelites were put to the sword. Those who survived either fled or they were exiled to the city of Babylon. Seventy years after that, about 50,000 Israelites were released from this Babylonian captivity and they were allowed to return to the city of Jerusalem, their native land. Many of those people are listed by name in another book in the Old Testament called Nehemiah. I'll give you a sample. Nehemiah 12, verse 14. Of Malach's family, Jonathan, 
of Shechaniah's Joseph, of Harim's Adna, of Meramoth's Helkai, of Ido's Zechariah. Cool thing. That Zechariah found in Nehemiah is this Zechariah that we're talking about today. And that's significant because we now know a little bit more about this Zechariah looking at the book of Nehemiah. We know this. When Zechariah was a boy, he was probably raised for a few years in exile in Babylon, but he was a part of this group of people who were given freedom to leave Babylonian exile and return to his home in Jerusalem. All right. Chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Ido. Now, Nehemiah mentions Ido and Zechariah, but there's no mention of Zechariah's dad, Berechiah. Why? Well, odds are Zechariah's dad died in Babylon. So Zechariah, this guy, he knows what it's like to do life without a parent. And his grandfather is who we believe raised him. And his grandfather was a priest. Zechariah became a priest. But not only a priest, Zechariah became a prophet. Which means he received messages directly from God to tell to the people. And most of the messages that Zechariah received came in the form of a vision. There are eight specific visions found in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. We're not going to unpack all eight of them, but we are going to do a deep dive into one of them. Chapter 4. It's this one. Verse 2. I see a solid gold lamp stand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. That, that's this. That's the vision that Zechariah received from the Lord. We say, well, it's a sign. It's a sign of what? What does it mean? Do you get that? Do you understand it? If you don't understand what this part of the Bible means, guess what? You're not alone. Check out Zechariah's response. God gives him this vision, and he says this, verse 4, I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. If you don't get what this means, you're in good company. Neither did Zechariah. He got this vision. He didn't know what it meant. Well, talking about confusing things in the Bible. Have you ever had this one go through your mind? Maybe you're reading the Bible or maybe you're hearing a teaching on the Bible. Have you ever wondered, well, why Israel? Like Israel's all over the Bible. Lots of the pages, Israel here, Israel there. And you think, well, why? Why is it always Israel? Why isn't there any mention of the ancient Aztecs? Why isn't there any mention of the empire of the Orient? Why is it always Israel? Well, I want to answer that question for you. Here's why. It's because of, well, it's because of something like this. That's a sign. Right? That's a confusing sign, but it's still a sign. When you see Israel or you hear about Israel in the Old Testament, think sign. They were called by God to be a sign to the rest of the world. God, he set them aside and he says, I'm going to give you my blueprints for life. I'm going to give you my my commandments that lead lead to joy-filled living. I'm going to show you how to live life the way I've designed it to be lived so that the rest of the world can see and they can say, there's another way. 
There's a better way to do life. I want what they've got. That, that's God's plan for Israel. That's what he was trying to do with them. Isaiah put it this way. Chapter 49, verse 6. God says, I will make you, he's talking to the nation of Israel, I will make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Starting to get any ideas what this image might mean yet. Well, this, it's that. This image, it's a big old, like 750 billion kilowatt lamp. It's a funky looking light bulb. It's what it is. Through this, God, he was telling his people about their purpose. He was saying to them, this is why I made you. This is why I blessed you. You are my signs. You are my lights. You are my lamps to this world. When you do what you have been designed and you have been created to do, you will be blessed. The world will be drawn and I will be glorified. So what were they supposed to do? Shine. Shine. They were called by God to shine. You know, when my kids were little, not a single one of them enjoyed bedtime. One of them less than the others. And I remember the the first time she like comes to my room middle of the night and it's just like, I'm sleeping. She's just staring me down. It was like, freaked me out. Well, I woke up and I see her staring at me. And I asked, well, what's wrong? It's bad dreams. Like, sore throat. Sore tummy. I'm glad it wasn't that one. Well, what is it? What's the matter? And she looked at me. Her eyes just got huge. And she said, the dark. The dark. Daddy, I'm afraid of the dark. See, I think that these Israelites that Zechariah was talking to, they knew why they had been rescued. They knew why they had been released from Babylonian captivity and set free. They knew the reason. They knew that they were the sign. They knew that God had called them to be light, but they were crying out, the dark, the dark. We're scared of the dark. They knew that God had called them to shine, but it was dark. And it still is. In my lifetime, there's been a 560% increase in violent crimes. There's been a quadrupling in the divorce rate. There's been a 200% increase in the teen suicide rate. 25% of children in America live below the poverty level. 600,000 people are homeless. You know, in the 60s and 70s, people took drugs to make the world seem weird. Today, it's like the world is weird and taking, people are taking a whole bunch of drugs to make it seem normal. It's just flipped. What, what do we do? What do we do with the world we live in? How do we handle the reality that we've been put in? How do we deal with the present day darkness? Well, that depends on who you ask. Because education, they're going to say, well, be informed, get the facts, 
Learn the data. And religion is going to say things like be moral and follow these rules. And politics will say, well, legislate. We can create the right programs. We can pass the right laws. How about God? What's God's plan? What does God say? Well, God says this. Shine. 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 Well, that's dark. So, let's take this moment. Let me ask you a question. It's dark. What do you do when it's dark? What do you do when it's hard to see, when you don't even necessarily know what's around you? Is there anyone who in this moment picks up your phone, going to dial 911 and call the police and say, hey, get over here. We need someone to arrest the dark. Well, no, we don't do that. Or how about this? Is anybody like doing a Google search saying, well, I want to gather information. I want to learn more about the dark. No. Might I offer a suggestion? Turn on the light. Right? Turn on the light. That's all it takes. That's all that we need to do because it doesn't matter how thickness the darkness may be. It doesn't matter how dark the night may appear. Light conquers darkness every single time. When a lamp is lit, the darkness flees. When the sun rises in the morning, it takes over. Darkness, it can't hang with the light. Maybe you find yourself today dancing with the darkness. You know, maybe you're involved in things that you don't have to tell anyone about it, but maybe you're just involved in some things right now that you know internally you're not proud of. You know, you've compromised what is right for what is easy. Maybe you've traded you know, what is good for what feels good. Well, I've got some really good news for you. See, that's exactly why Jesus came. Hear these words from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, For he, he's talking about Jesus, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's good news. Rescued from all this darkness. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, when you choose to put your trust in Jesus, you have been forgiven, you have been redeemed, and you have also been given dominion over the darkness. We have been given the power to stop. Stark. Stark. Why does that surprise us? Jesus said this, Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. We're light. Don't complain about the darkness. Don't fear the darkness. Don't judge the darkness. Shine. Just shine. That's our purpose. That's our calling. 
Do you realize that we live in a, in a culture that in many ways advocates the exact opposite of what Jesus taught? He's light. It's dark. Don't be surprised by that. Culture says, well, love things. Jesus says, love people. Culture says, seek happiness. Jesus says, seek holiness. Culture says, indulge yourself. Jesus says, deny yourself. Culture says, consume, consume, consume. Jesus says, well, no, give, 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 give. Culture says, demand your rights. Jesus says, no, rather, lay down your rights for the greater good of serving and blessing other people. Culture says, if you want to find yourself, pursue all your wants. Jesus says, if you want to find yourself, you need to lose yourself and he will transform your wants so that you will find your true self in him. If you are a Christian professional and you are in a non-Christian working environment, guess what that makes you? Light. Your light in the darkness shine. If you're a Christian student and you're in a non-Christian classroom, your light in the darkness shine. If you're a social media user and you're on a non-Christian platform, your light in the darkness shine. If you're a Christian neighbor and you're living in a non-Christian neighborhood, your light in the darkness shine. That's our role. That's our purpose. That's our calling. We are light. Now shine. I like that part of the Bible. I affirm and I agree with that part of the Bible. The, the challenge is that part of the Bible being light and shining in the midst of a dark world. That's not always my reality. I'd like to say it always works that way for me, but it doesn't. There are times when I don't feel like I'm light in the darkness. I recognize the darkness is not just out there. Right? The darkness, well, some of it is right in What's in here? It's in me. And so when I'm honest and I reflect on this passage, I can kind of get enthused about it and support it. Yeah, I want to be light in the darkness. But the reality is, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I can do this. I'm not so sure I actually have what it takes to shine in the midst of this dark world. Let me tell you a story. And I want to preface this story this way. That this is, it's supposed to be a funny story, but I don't think it's very funny. And I realize that it's not funny. So if afterwards, I don't want anyone to complain saying, hey, you know that story you told Mike, it really wasn't funny. I know that and I agree with that. But it does illustrate this point that I think Zachariah is getting at. So here it goes. Okay, a guy, he goes to the store and he buys a chainsaw because he has some trees that he wants to cut down. But ends up this brand new chainsaw. It doesn't work very well. It spends an entire day back-breaking labor. Ends up grand total one tree cut down. So he said, I'm bringing this back. So he goes back to the store to return the chainsaw. The clerk takes the saw, takes it out of his case, and he turns it on, and he pulls the cord. He starts it up, and the startled customer says, 
What's that noise? That was it. I warned you. It's not very funny. But here's the point. We got to have the power turned on. We got to be connected to the power source. See, trying to follow the ways of the Lord, when we, if we haven't received the power of the Lord, is exhausting. Trying to follow the ways of the Lord without receiving the power of the Lord is exhausting. You and I, we don't have to do this on our own. You and I, we don't have to do this following Jesus thing on our own power. There has been and we have been given a greater power. See, Jesus, when he gave his life on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, that's not how the story ends. Right on the third day, resurrection. Power. After the resurrection, the followers of Jesus, they were all jacked up. I mean, they were fired up. They were ready to go and tell the world. They were ready to go and be the lights. Into that defining moment, Jesus steps in, says, hold on. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, shared these words with his followers. Chapter 1 of Acts, verse 4. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. They're ready to go. They're ready to be the lights to tell the world this amazing thing that happens. Jesus says, hold on. You're not ready yet. Verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Holy Spirit, I don't know what images flash through your mind when you hear those words, because there's a lot of stereotypes up there. But I hope when you hear this, Holy Spirit, you realize the Holy Spirit is a gift given by God to His followers. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to rise above our own self-interest. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to resist temptation. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to hear the voice of God. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to know the way of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the power to follow the ways of God and the teachings of Jesus. See, this vision of Zechariah, it's not just a lamp. That's only part of it. Keep reading. Chapter 4, verse 3. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Can't blame him. Zachariah, he's still confused. He's like, I don't get this. I don't understand your vision here, God. I appreciate his honesty. I feel like that sometimes when I'm reading through the Bible. He just said, God, I don't get it. Help me. He got some help. Verse 5, he answered, Do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. You see, in this vision, the lamp was on. 
The lamp was shining, not because it was such a special lamp, but because this lamp, it was tapped into the never-ending power source. Before the days of electricity, well, lamps were fueled by oil that came from olive trees. That's a pretty important thing for us to know in order to understand this vision. He's saying, we're the lamp. Our calling is to shine. And the olive trees, well, that's our power source. That's the Holy Spirit. Hundreds of years before the resurrection of Jesus, hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit is given to the followers of Jesus, God is saying through this vision to Zechariah, He's saying, hey, the day is coming. When I am going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will be your oil, your fuel, your power source. Get connected to it. Do do you understand this vision of Zechariah? It's really, when you look at, we're the lamp, that's us. We're called to be lights. We're called to shine. It's dark around us. We live in a dark world. We live in a dark culture that's not always following the ways of the Lord. Our calling is to shine. Well, how do we do that? I mean, sometimes it gets pretty hard. Sometimes it gets tiring. Sometimes it feels like we're swimming upstream. Well, God says, I got that taken care of. These olive trees, that's the Holy Spirit. They are going to fuel you. They'll be your fuel. They'll be your oil. They will, the Holy Spirit will be your power source. Isn't that cool? I like that vision when I understand it. God's saying, I'm giving you a purpose and a mission, and I'm also giving you the Holy Spirit to live that out. Do you want to do what God is calling you to do? Do you want to accomplish God's purpose for your life? Do you want to live the way that God invites you to live? Do you want to be light? Zechariah 4, verse 6. Here's how. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Let's read that together. Join me. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. One more time. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That's the key. Whatever you're facing today, Whatever opposition, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge, whatever opportunity, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Well, how? We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks internally to our spirit. And one of the things we need to do is just kind of quiet all the voices that we hear, all the voices we're listening to, all the input that we get from all these different aspects of our culture, just to have a little time to silence ourselves and listen for the voice of His Spirit. And when we do that, we learn to recognize Him. The, 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 we learn to recognize His voice by practicing the more we practice it the better at it we become the more we listen 
for that voice of the Spirit that He's given inside of us. The more we just create space, listen for it, and then respond and follow it, the more aware of Him we're going to become. When, when we just start ignoring Him and don't listen to His voice and kind of blow Him off, we're going to be less aware of Him. Each time we, we just pause and, and we listen and we respond and we follow His leading, we will become more aware of the Spirit's voice and presence in our life. So here's what I encourage you to do today. Just kind of try and listen at times throughout the day. Maybe for one thing. Say, God, today I want to hear one prompting, one leading from your Spirit. And be aware of that throughout the rest of the day. And land on it. And then, you know, live out whatever that prompting is. And then tomorrow... Try the same thing. Hey, I'm going to be listening. God, I want to listen to the voice of the Spirit saying something to me today and then try it the next day and the next day and the next day. And the more we do this, the more we're going to be able to recognize the voice of His Spirit and be empowered by Him throughout every day. And then we'll we'll trust Him more. We'll worry about ourselves less. We will experience a deeper joy. We will have a greater peace and we will receive Well, we'll receive this. We will receive power. Pretty cool vision. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the director of discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find a scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday. We just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.